What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Fantasy Fridays here at Second and Short. My name is Tyler Lauder, and he is Aaron Ben, and it is time for us to give you guys our studs, duds, and sleepers for the week four of the NFL fantasy season. Aaron, how you doing today? Well, I'm not doing so good, and I'll tell you why. It seems like every day more and more Titans are uh, getting put on the COVID list. Uh, kind of at this I mean, they, they postponed one game against the Steelers, but I mean, how you can't really do that two games in a row. It looks like the Bills game is in jeopardy, and it looks like the whole season kind of is hanging in the balance. So we'll see what happens with that and hope it doesn't spread to the rest of the league too. Yeah, and that actually put like even an impact on our show because we were going to talk about James Conner potentially this week on how good we think he can match up against Titans and then we lost that and then we're like all right let's move up to our next guy which is Alan Lazard and the receiver out of Green Bay and all of a sudden he has some like reconstructive surgery that he's out indefinitely now so we're on the fly we're adjusting just as the NFL is we called an audible uh yeah so hopefully the Titans can uh come back and avoid this crisis that they're in but you know what a bye week is a bye week and it sucks to have a bye week early but you know what they just get two weeks to scout their next opponent, uh, which is the Buffalo Bills in week five. Anyways, let's fast forward. Let's talk about some studs for the week four fantasy. And, you know, we've had this trend of like saying maybe you should pick them up, whatever. No, these are just guys that we think are going to do well. If you have them, start them. If you don't have them and can acquire them, do it. And the first guy we're going to talk about is quarterback Jared Goff, who him and his Los Angeles Rams are going to be playing against the New York Giants. Uh, They're going to be playing at home, and they're playing against a Giants team that has been kind of just beaten up at all levels this football season. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, just this past week, they were were projected to be kind of surprisingly competitive against the Niners, who were really injury-depleted. But they got their asses kicked. Nick Mullins, backup quarterback for the Niners, Threw for over 300 yards and a touchdown. Um, the Giants defense is just not looking very good. Uh, they've allowed, they allowed five passing touchdowns in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, it's just looking like a pretty safe bet to, to start anyone who's playing against the Giants. Yeah, so far in the year, they've allowed over 20 points to Ben Roethlisberger, just over 13 to Mitch Trubisky, uh, and then they allowed over 18 points to Nick Mullins. And I think, yeah, that Trubisky thing looks different, but I mean, he's already been benched. So I feel like Nick Foles probably could have scored closer to 15 or 16. And if you're playing on, depends on your standards and everything, but Goff is projected anywhere on all formats between 15 and 17 points. And we think that he has a real shot to get over that. Uh, The NFL average for allowing quarterbacks is about 18 points per game. Uh, the Giants are allowing about 17 and a half points. Uh, I just think that's only because Trubisky had such a meh game in week two. But I, I truly think that they are going to they're gonna throw all over this team. And we might be able to see some running backs have some you know, options there. But the Giants' run game, run defense, is a little bit better than their pass defense. But I, I, I truly do think Goff is going to feast. And I think all of his receivers are going to benefit as well. Add in the fact that Jabril Peppers uh, looks like he could be sitting out this week with an ankle injury, and it looks like Jared Goff can continue the trend that he's set the last couple weeks. 
If you look at these last two games against Buffalo and Philly, he's com- he's had a combined 59 fantasy points. So he's looking like he's kind of getting in the swing of things early this season, and I, I feel like he'll be a good start this week. Not just that, but he's completing about 72% of his passes over the past two weeks. And that is, that's just huge right there. Um, he's also getting a couple, I mean, he's, he's ran the ball already 13 times this year, which I'm not saying it's a lot, but it's still going to get you some points. Yeah, this guy's being so accurate right now, and he is just delivering on all levels in this past two weeks. I think it's going to continue, and I'm going to tell you right now, Jared Goff this week will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Yeah, no, no argument here. Who else are we looking at, Tyler? Well, let's talk about a receiver, and we're going to talk about Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd has been pretty consistent for the year. I'm going to say that he is, in my, I mean, not really in my opinion, he has been. He's been out playing every other receiver for the Bengals. Uh, it's been this way for the past couple of years, but he is going to be hosting, him and his Bengals are going to be hosting uh, the Jacksonville Jags. And the Jags have been so-so on defense this year. I mean, combined, they're giving up over 30-plus points to all receivers each week, which is a positive. Um, more teams are running on them because they can, but they're still allowing a lot, a lot of points. I mean, we're even seeing guys like Paris Campbell was doing well against them in week one, and Adam Humphreys did well against the Jags in week two. So why can't a more talented receiver do even better? Yeah, and it's kind of, for me, it's been kind of a pleasant surprise to see Tyler Boyd this year because uh, I was kind of hoping A.J. Green would come back and be his, back to his old self. Uh, I wanted to, people were kind of talking about how maybe Joe Burrow would have some chemistry with, that, with their fellow, with his fellow rookie, uh, T. Higgins, but he's actually had some really good connection with Tyler Boyd. It went for 125 yards last week. He's already on pace for 139 targets on the year, which, I mean, it's early. We haven't even finished the fourth of the season, but it's just showing that he's kind of been Burrow's go-to guy so far. Yeah, and his targets are increasing every week. He had five targets, then eight, and then this last week, 13 targets. Week one, Burrow was trying to, like, fill it out, spread the ball around. He doesn't really have any experience with any of these guys, you know, and I think when you see guys like veterans like AJ Green, you're going to try and get him the ball more. But then as the weeks go on, you start developing this rapport with somebody and you got to get on this trend as soon as possible. Tyler Boyd right now, based on PPR standings, is uh, wide receiver 13. And if you don't have him, I suggest trading for him now because I think this is the last time that you can get him before he's untouchable for the season. I think he's going to feast against Jacksonville and then he is going to be a top he's going to be a top 12 receiver for the rest of the year and you're not going to be able, you just nobody's going to trade trade him away. They're not going to want to. And I'm going to I totally get that. Yeah, then you then you're going to try and get him and you're going to be like, "Damn, no one's going to trade him." And you'll be like, "Ah, oh, Tyler was right." Yeah. But I mean, he's he's doing well on the year. He's, he's projected to get over 14 points this week. He's dropped over 20 the past 2 weeks. This is a guy that I am, I'm going to try and do my best to get on my team, in my starting lineup, and I'm not going to touch him for the rest of the year. In and around your starting lineup. <laughs> Alrighty, that's a lot of positivity. Let's talk about some duds. Let's talk about some guys that we just, we don't see it this week. We're not saying they're going to be bad for the whole season, but there's some players here that we're just kind of like, meh, I don't know. Uh, who we talk about first? Why don't you lead off our duds? Well, one guy I'm kind of staying away from, I have him on my team. I have both of these guys on my team, actually. Uh, 
but the first guy is Derek Carr. He's played pretty well uh, so far this season, but this upcoming game he's got against the Bills defense. It, they've kind of struggled against Fitzpatrick and Goff. Uh, they allowed over 600 yards combined, but <clears throat> but I kind of see the defense coming, getting it all together and getting back in the form. I would be kind of wary of starting Carr. One thing that really stands out to me is how Buffalo has not allowed points to tight ends. Um, they've been playing pretty good against the tight ends, and Carr is kind of like, he loves to use Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a great tight end, so that might be kind of a problem, might result in Carr getting kind of a, a lower amount of points than usual. And the Patriots last week kind of showed a little game plan on how to shut down Darren Waller to take him out of being the playmaker for the Raiders. Here's the thing that we have to look at, and I know people, this is where people might argue with us, and I kind of want to fight back on this opinion as well in the duds, but the Buffalo Bills have given up a lot of points to quarterbacks over the past two weeks. However, the Bills have been leading in both those games, and it has just been the fact that these type of quarterbacks with these type of offenses like have the ability to keep throwing strong when they're down 20-plus points. I don't know if Derek Carr and the Raiders have that in them. They were kind of getting blown out last week, and it just kind of seemed, it just didn't seem like they had the personnel for it. We still don't know Henry Ruggs if he's going to be 100% available. Uh, if the Bills can shut down Darren Waller, I think they're going to rely on Josh Jacobs, and I think Josh Jacobs is going to benefit the most from this matchup. And so Carr might have a good week, but he's not going to have a great week. And there are better options out there than to take the risk of Carr having this awesome comeback against Buffalo. Because if you go back to week, week one against the Jets, yes, I know, it's the Jets, but still, Darnold only had about 12 points from him. And you want more from your quarterback. Yes, I mean, if you got, if you got two quarterbacks and you're kind of debating between Derek Carr and one of the other guys, you're probably just going to want to go with a different guy. Second, Dodd, I mean, I really liked him last year. I picked him up this year. I've been, I've been pleased with him so far this year. Uh, Terry McLaurin a wide receiver for the Washington football team. My problem this week specifically is that he's going up against uh, the Ravens. Uh, they've got a very good defense, very good defensive backs. We know Marlon Humphrey just got that monster extension. Add in the fact that he's pretty much Dwayne Haskins' only target. He's the guy that Dwayne Haskins likes to throw to the most. And he's already got 25 targets on the year. The I think the Ravens are going to... If they need to, they can double cover him, do whatever they need, and not have to worry about their, the, the Washington other receivers. And I think he's going to have kind of a down game this game. Yeah, and he's playing great right now. I mean, he's ranked in the top 20 among wide receivers. But here's the thing. The Ravens just allowed their first two passing touchdowns to wide receivers against the Kansas City Chiefs. And those were both deep passes from Mahomes. Before that, they kept OBJ and all the Texans pass catchers under wrap. According to Pro Football Reference, Dwayne Haskins is 4 of 17 on completions of passes that travel more than 15 yards. That's not good. That's terrible. It's actually worse than the league around quarterbacks at 27%. If the only way that you can really you know, beat these Ravens, as we've seen, is to beat them over the top because their cornerbacks aren't as fast as some of these receivers, which I think is the method to beat these Ravens. It's just uh, the chances of it getting done with McLaurin is not strong with Haskins at quarterback. I would feel better if Alex Smith was there. 100% would. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dwayne Haskins, it just seems like a lot of times, if you watch him, he's lacking the touch, like, to put the ball exactly where he needs, especially on those longer passes. Like you said, that's something that is a stark difference between Haskins and Alex Smith in that regard. Now, he is a guy that I feel like can be a flex option, but I do not think he should be one of your top two receivers going forward. And if you have a better matchup, I would trust the matchup. Because every year we see receivers that are great and do well, and they always have like that one week where they don't really produce fantasy points. And I think this is the week where he produces below his average, which is about, which is about like 16, 17 points. I do think he's going to produce below that. And that's what you guys got to remember. These duds aren't saying that they're going to be that bad. We just don't think they're going to produce their projections. Yeah. Let's talk about some guys that we're going to flip a coin on. They might be better. They might not. They have some potential. Uh, you know, they're kind, of, uh, they're kind of resting right now. And they might, they might wake up and surprise you. These are going to be our sleepers. Let's do a, for our sleepers, let's give one player from your side. Who do you think has a chance to be a legitimate sleeper this week and could kind of bust out and surprise everybody? Well, I'm going to start off with a riddle, Tyler. Who, what do these three players have in common? O.J. Howard, Darren Waller, and Robert Tanyan. Um, let me see. They... They like, they like to go to Denny's on Sundays after games. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the obvious one. But all three of these guys are tight ends who just absolutely destroyed the, the, the Saints' defense throughout the season until now. O.J. Howard, 13 points week one. Darren Waller, 28 points in week two. And then Robert Tanyan, relatively unknown guy for the Packers, went for 16 points in week three. So my sleeper this week is T.J. Hawkinson. Going up against the Saints, he's already flashed some potential this year. Went for uh, 16 points in Week 1 against Chicago. He's got a pretty solid defense. Uh, so I, I, think he's, I think he's a pretty good sleeper candidate this week against the Saints. Right now in the year, NFL teams are averaging about 12.5 fantasy points to tight ends. The New Orleans Saints are averaging allowing 28 points per game to fantasy tight ends. And I think it's because he's a complete package. And when you're on the field more, a quarterback trusts you more. And the fact that he blocks for Stafford, then can run routes. I mean, Hawkinson is just as good as catcher as any tight end out there. He has been pretty consistent this year. He's been targeted 16 times, which isn't like world dropper numbers, but it's consistent. He's getting about five targets every week. And that's what you want from your tight end position. Because he's going to catch almost all of his targets. He's going to catch four to five balls. And if he can catch four to five balls, that's four to five points, plus translate those into about 50, 60 yards, we're putting him over 11 points. And we're saying that's against like an average defense. We're not talking about a bad pass-covering linebackers that the Saints have. So he has an opportunity here to, to go off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get like about seven catches over 80 yards and a touchdown or two, I, I wouldn't be surprised this week. Yeah, he's a pretty, pretty solid option in my opinion. Now, Tyler, you were talking about how your sleeper this week is actually a, a, an entire team. Yeah, you know, I was looking at this and I was like, man, who's going to be our next sleeper? And we kind of like said some names. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, why are we doing some names? It's the Miami Dolphins. The entire Miami Dolphins offense is my sleeper for week four. I think that you're going to get a surprise from 
Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin, Preston Williams. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to light it up. Who knows? Maybe even Jordan Howard will get more than three rushing yards this week. You never know. So I, I just think overall that the offense on the Miami Dolphins is going to have a field day against the Seahawks defense. It's going to be a game that the Seahawks are going to be leading early. They're going to be winning. And we've seen it time and time again that Fitzmagic just, he's going to keep dropping bombs. That's what he does. He shows up and he just drops bombs. And I think that you're going to, if you have a Dolphin, I could see you starting both the receivers, the tight end, quarterback, and their running back. I'd be pressed to start Howard or Brita, but I honestly think that all these guys are going to go off this week. Yeah, and it sounds funny because, I mean, if you watch the, the Dolphins the last couple of years, they're anything but explosive on offense. And, but, I mean, the, the Seahawks defense has been very underwhelming this year. They've given up a lot of yards and given up a lot of points. So, yeah, it looks like you could pick any of those guys. I know I have Miles Gaskin starting on my team, and I think you'll have success with any of those guys that you mentioned. Now, here's the big thing that people have to realize, and I know people are going to kind of say, like, well, hold on a second, Tyler. The Seahawks are actually good against the run. Yes, they are good against the run, but Miles Gaskin isn't just a running back. Like, he's a pass-catching running back. He's got about 15 catches on the year, and I think that if he's able to get you four or five catches on top of getting about 40 to 50 rushing yards, I think that's a very big positive. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been balling out, and he's been balling out, and the Seahawks have been allowing other teams to dominate. Uh, let's see. Matt Ryan was like quarterback seven that week. Uh, Cam Newton was quarterback two. Uh, Dak Prescott was quarterback f- five last week. Like They have allowed all guys they've played against to be top seven quarterbacks in fantasy. There's no reason that Fitzpatrick can't do the same thing. The Falcons threw 54 times. Patriots threw 44 times. The Cowboys threw 57 times. The only time that they didn't allow 400 yards passing was when Cam Newton threw for 397. But he also added like 50 yards on the ground. So all quarterbacks have at least gained 400 yards on them. Yeah, I mean, the the defense looks extremely porous at this point. And I I agree. I mean, it it looks like Fitzpatrick's going to come out and look great against them as well. And that's the thing. If we think a quarterback is going to do great for a team, potentially, then we think that the whole offense is going to benefit. And I think you're going to see lots of surprises from this end. That is going to do it for us here on Fantasy Friday for the week four of the NFL season here on Second and Short. Be sure to click that subscribe button down below to stay up to date on all things we have going on here at Second and Short. We release two episodes every week, Monday Movers, Fantasy Friday. We have loads of content all over the place. If you don't like watching YouTube, though, and you're watching this right now for some reason, scroll down, click the links. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on anywhere your ears can listen to music or audio, anything. Leave a like down below. Comment your sleepers, studs, and duds for the week four season as well, as we love interacting with you guys. And also, if you want, check us out on social media. Find us on Facebook where we update every new episode that comes out. We're also on Twitter where we try to tweet uh, like polls and stuff like that. And then on Instagram is where we do a lot of business, uh, news, news updates, uh, discussion points, fantasy stuff. Uh, check us out on any of those social media platforms. Send us a DM on any of those places anytime a day, whenever you want. Thanks for listening, guys. Y'all have a great week, and good luck in your fantasy matchups.